0: Welcome everyone. We're live Monday night. The Tiger Cast is back. Good to be on after a win. Uh it seems to be our yo yo form up and down, but we'll take it. It was a pretty unsuspecting win, mind you, but uh we'll we'll absolutely take it. So we'll welcome Tiggs first up. Tiger yeah, well, I was, Love Love 71.
1: Rewatch the last podcast. I said the dogs play into our type of style, and I said it's not going to be close. I think actually tipped thirty eight points if you go back. I'll have to listen
0: back, but this is the second year in a row now we've beaten yeah. them. And they, they used to be a bogey side of ours for ages. And, look, to be fair, I mean, I know I tipped us on the podcast, but I didn't actually tip us in my footy tipping because I, I just didn't think we are going to be able to match them in the guts. And, you know, sure enough, we uh, we did it. But uh,
1: You know what I love best about that win, though? Uh, even better than the win, was the unfortunately the dynasty culture had, you know, with the three-game winning streak ended. Don't take you know, my joke, dynasty I should put it in there. <laughs> <I don't. laughs>
0: no, it, it was very funny. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And viewers, you were able to see a new face tonight, but it'll be a familiar voice. Crocodoc, welcome back to the show, mate.
2: Yeah, cheers for having me. I was going to say, it's been, been a while, I think. I don't think I've yeah. been on since lockdown for the first one, it's, so. It's been yeah, about 18 months i'd say
0: too yeah. many lockdowns. I, mean, I appreciate you jumping on yeah. at a uh, late notice CB can't make it tonight but he'll be back he will be back soon uh and welcome to all the listeners in chat good evening to everybody thank you for tuning in from uh, all across australia i think we even sometimes have a couple of thailand listeners in as well as everyone's tuning into the show um before we get stuck into it i i do want to have a, a mini serious rant and it, it It actually bothers me that this still happens in society, but I saw a post today from Gold Coast Suns about some racism thrown towards a Troll, and obviously Richmond retweeted it to show support. And I just, you know, if you see people at the footy or if you know someone who's going to say something stupid like that, give them a slap across the head and tell them to pull their head in. There is no room in this world today to be messaging people, no matter what their race, religion, anything, um, and hurling abuse their way. Football is a game at the end of the day, and yeah, we don't like it when teams beat us or a good player does something good against us or bad against us, but that does not give anyone reason to private message players and throw racial hate towards them. So, Marbs, we obviously stand behind you being a, a former Richmond player, and every player for that matter. So, just, I can't understand why anyone thinks that it is a logical thing to do in this day and age. So, if you know anyone who tries to do it, Tell them not to, it's just no need for it. That's my end of serious rant. Just,
1: yeah, good call. Well, well said, not a,
0: not a fan, not a fan.
1: Well said, not a lot of fuckwits out there.
0: Yeah, it's not good anyway. Um, all right, so before we get stuck into it, wherever you're listening from, make sure you drop us a like or share the stream if you're on Twitter or Facebook, YouTube, etc., just to help us out in the rankings. It's always much appreciated, but uh, we'll get stuck into the footy. Richmond, 15-9. 99 defeated the Bulldogs, 7-9-61 by 38 points at the G, which was, like we said, a, a pretty nice win. Um, and for me, unexpected. So we had Lynch kick four, Bolton kick two, Rewalt kick two. But to be fair, both of their goals were probably worth about five each. Yeah. Uh, Castagna, Dow, Curvis Parker, Pickett, Prestia, Short, all with one each. Uh, a pretty well-rounded performance, Tiggs. It was... Um, it was just a pleasure to watch, and you know, I was pretty pumped to have actually been there to see that one live. It
1: was – yeah, it was good going. Yeah, it was um, It was a pity I couldn't go. I was spewing because of the cold I've got, um, and with the wife having COVID two weeks ago and, you know, my eldest son, I thought, nah, I'm not going to take the risk, you know what I mean? I'll just um, – I'll watch it from home. But you could tell from – even though they had a bit of a play early, um, the dogs, and they are getting us on the outside in that first quarter – you know, even midway through that first quarter, the way that we forced them further wide, um, I could tell we were on. And um, yeah, it was just great to see not just getting the win, but it was the process. It was a system-based win. It our performance from the first bounce at the first quarter to the last bounce of the last quarter, we were consistent all the way through. And that's what I got the most out of it. It was great.
0: Would you make of the game, Grok? The one thing I want to raise with you is: there's a lot of arguments floating around on social media that we had to thank ourselves lucky that the Bulldogs were inaccurate. And how much do you buy into that? Now, how much of that is their fault? How much of it is due to
2: us? See, I, I find this this whole yeah the dogs not kicking straight argument. If you know, if they had a kick straight, we would have been flogged. I mean, early in the first quarter, yeah, they they missed some easy ones that they probably should have got but looking at the actual scoring breakdown they actually had 5 to 5 behinds rushed if you take those 5 out they end up with three less scoring shots than we do yeah. in the end anyway so yeah. you know that and the way that we play we force their shots out wide i mean norton was taking them from 40 out 45 you know on a 45 degree angle like yeah 50 50 there at best so well yeah they 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 were inaccurate the the factor is like the shots that they were taking weren't great shots anyway like that you'd be hard-pressed to go, you know, even 75% from the shots that they had anyway. So, yeah, the, yeah. Inaccuracy, yeah. the inaccuracy argument's complete bullshit. And yeah.
0: even the and ones too- they were having on the run, probably bar one of Trelaw's in the last quarter, but all under pressure too. So, yeah, and like you said, the rush behinds are a big part as well. So I kind of had to laugh every time I saw that kind yeah. of talk. But I will say, in the first quarter, it did feel like there were large periods where they were on top of us and probably didn't get reward for effort. Um, but that happens every game. That's not just yep. a special occasion for that one time. But it just felt like Tiggs. We were able to. I know we've spoken about it a few times, but we were able to halt the the momentum shift and didn't bleed yeah. goals like we had in previous weeks.
1: Yeah, see, that's exactly right. Like with the first take with the first quarter, the actual effective shots on goal. I thought they got up – look. They really only had it above us in the first five minutes. That's how I felt in the first five minutes. it's all we got to worry here. But you can see we've done a power work in in um, halting momentum, particularly when we go slow out of the back line and we seek to chip along the fat side. And then we'll go with a long ball and then try to create a bit of chaos and run with it. But really, we outscored. We, outside of the first quarter, we equal scores um, if you, you take out the rush. In the second quarter, they outscored us slightly. But then we outscored them in the last quarter. So really it was just, yeah, with those rush, But pass on that. Yeah, we've obviously got mechanisms in place now to slow momentum. Whenever a team got it gets a run on, we definitely force them as wide as we can. And when we regain possession, we slow, slow right down with safe options first. That's why it always looks the same. You always go to the left side, pocket, or we'll go right deep pocket. And then we'll do that another chip kick, that safe kick hardly calls it. And then we'll do another safe kick up the top to get it out of the 50. And then we'll see where we go from there. And we bank our tools to beat him in the air. But it's nice, slow, safe football because if our tools can't beat him in the air, all players know where it's going. We can rush it out of bounds. Um, so it's good now that we've got a system because the Bulldogs threatened twice during that game to get a bit of momentum going, um, but they couldn't maintain it. So it was good. Good to see.
0: And to Aaron's question, Brock, how good was Presty's return game? i am just glad he got through... Uh, Got through uninjured, so I'll give you his stats quickly: thirty disposals, seven marks, three tackles, two clearances, one goal, and zero injuries.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, the zero injuries there's the the key stat. Like That's we the big stat. We, were, we were all praying for him to get through that that game unscathed, and and what a return to form! Like I was surprised to see him have thirty disposals. Like when I first um, finished the game and you know checked the stats and everything, and then I rewatched the game on Sunday, and you could just see him at the bottom of the pack. Just the little knock-ons and the taps and the, the handballs out of, out, of, out of congestion. Like, it was a, one of those games where until you actually looked closely, you didn't see the impact that he had. And, yeah, it was a, an absolute brilliant game by, by Prestia and w- one that we definitely miss, given that we're not a great contested side or a clearance side. And missing him and Dusty in the guts, you know, the last two weeks up against some decent midfields, that's where we've been smashed. So for him to come back in and sort of steady the ship a little bit, give us another contested mid. There's even a time difference.
0: where he, uh, he pat, like Oz kick style, pad the ball on the ground in front of himself, ran a couple of players yeah. and got rid of it. Like, geez, I haven't seen a move like that for ages, but a very welcome addition, Tiggs. The other thing that Prestia did that drew attention from the media, ironically, because it's something that we did not didn't happen against us a thousand yeah. times the week prior, he <laughs> like faked the handball and Aaron Norton moved, got the 50-metre penalty, scored a goal. Apparently now this is all of a sudden a concern for the media uh, that those free kicks or 50-metre penalties are awarded, whereas last week when St Kilda did it to us, it seemed to be all okay.
1: Yeah, so if I can first say, fuck you, Robbo, I just want to get that (laughs) off my chest. Um, Yeah, Carlton did it to us twice when we played them. Um, And, yeah, no-one says anything. It's because Carlton's a Minot club. When we do it, you know, it's got to be a story. It's, It's really starting to fucking... Pissed, pissed me right off. Um, what Preston did was smart football. The rules there to be exploited, and you watch them now that Richmond's doing it. If we do it, uh, mark my words, people. If we do it and get away with it three or four um, times during games, say in the next four or five weeks, watch them change the rule. You watch because like oh shit, Richmond's benefiting from it. The media will hop on it and hype it and hype it, and we'll um we'll get um yeah they'll change the rule because you know. It's just what they do, but smart from pressure. And The other thing I noticed if we're talking about that rule, why is no-one asking this question? It's really shit me. Go re-watch the game, people. Every time the Bulldogs, we got a mark, the umpire would not say stand straight away. They'll allow the Bulldogs more often than not to run back that five metres before they called stand. And more often they wouldn't even call stand. They'll just say outside the five. But on Richmond, every time we mark it, they scream stand. They did not allow us the same three to four seconds to run back. They literally strut on the hammer, stand, Tiger, stand. And that that for me is just blatant. But we're used to it. We do get treated different. I know people, you know, we won the game. So I'm equal between if we win or we lose the game. The umpires do treat our sash different than everyone else. Yeah. Um, and that's just human nature with all the media hype and what, what they do. That is, yeah. And I found that glaring. I don't know about the guys in, um, that are listening to this, but I felt everything for Richmond was stand, 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 stand. We didn't have the option to go outside five, where the Bulldogs were getting that as first option. And that's pathetic to me. And no one's saying it in the media.
2: Another thing that really annoyed me with with that rule is the amount of times we get called to play on as soon as we take a mark with even the oh. slightest movement, and you know dogs players can take six seven steps off before the jump yeah. even calls play on. Like that's the one thing that really does annoy me. Like we don't even have to step off the mark; we go to go to handball. We got called play on. Like yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: All right,
0: let's take a look at some of our players' performances because it was littered with good ones for a change, which is nice. Uh, Jaden Short, 35 disposals, 6 marks, and a whopping 810 metres gained grok. Now, I know a lot of people say, yeah, he gets the easy ones from kicking out, and while that may be true, he's still a weapon nonetheless, and I love the fact that teams still haven't appeared to have cotton on to. If someone who can't make the distance from 50 is having a shot, and he is there, he will receive the handball and kick the goal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He, he's a he's a forwards player. His first instinct is to go forwards, whether that's playing on after a mark or you know running fifteen and bombing at sixty. Like he he plays forward, and I think that's one of the biggest assets that we have, given that we we often launch off half back, and just that that running goal, like that was like Shorty's bread and butter butter, you know, over the last couple of years. Last year, it just didn't click for him with that. The amount of times we sort of passed him off to that fifty-five meter range and just didn't connect. But yeah, his kicking, I'd say it's a lot is improved this year. Last year, I don't know what was up with his his disposal efficiency wasn't great. But this year it looks like he, he's back back to form. And it's it's weird. I don't get why people as you said, opposition coaches don't target him or or tag him or try and shut him down or anything. Because one of his weaknesses is that physicality. Like if you get physical with him, he tends to get a yeah. little withdrawn. but And I don't understand why teams don't like start physically tar- targeting him because he's an absolute weapon off half-back for us, no doubt. Yeah,
0: and his defensive work is improved as well. So he's Absolutely. adding a few more strengths to his bow, which is really, really handy. Tiggs, Dow, another good game sure. in my book. 15 disposals, two marks, seven tackles, two clearances. I think uh, he complemented Prestia very, very nicely and allowed Prestia and others to do the things they do best.
1: Yeah, I think it's a bit. I think with obviously with adding pressure, it, it just we've got a premier midfielder in and, and they've got to mind him. So it just frees up everyone underneath. Like Cochin played better. And But Dow, but Dow's special traits, he's this is the worst. I treated, tweeted about it during the game. This is the worst we're going to see of Dow. And right now, he's laying seven tackles in against quality midfielders. He has the ability to close space really. Like if he's the hunter. He, you know, he will close that space down and tackle you hard. Some of his tackle was just a trick, but intelligent tackles. They weren't head high. They were, you know, really getting into the body of the tackler and actually to rotate them down, which is a sort of an experienced player. And he's picking it up now and he's very early on in his career. But what I love about him is his hands and he's kicking under pressure. And there's one thing that sort of made me smile was where he got his first goal, but how he got his first goal. He actually went in, wanted the contact of the body, got hit twice, and drew the free kick. He didn't fake for it, but he knew all right, I'm in an attacking position here. If I slam in tough as I can, someone's gonna hit me in the head. Yeah. Right? And that's what good quality midfielders do. And he's got that aggression streak in him, which I never saw before. He's highly skilled. There's a lot of highly skilled players out there, but there's a rare few that are highly skilled, but have that mongrel. And I call it the knack effect. It's our captain's effect. You know what I mean? And it was great to see. Now he's doing really well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Loved his game. Loved his game. Uh, Grok, the former skipper, Koch, wound back the clock a little bit, I felt, with some of his actions. 16 disposals, three clearances. On paper, doesn't look like much. But my God, that uh, contest on the wing against uh, Bailey Smith, I think it was, oh, won the ball. ball. He just was desperate for it. That was the Koch revolt. That was the spark. The the, the bar was raised. And everyone jumped on his shoulders. And then to see Bolter scoop that up and just gallop away. And then we score a goal from it from Tom Lynch. Which was just amazing to see. But Koch doing Koch things is what we want.
2: Absolutely. And this is the thing that Dimmer preaches week in, week out. Koch doesn't need to have the 20 possessions a game anymore. That's just not who he is. With his banged up body and you know the injuries and everything starting to catch up with him. He's not going to be that 20-25 possession midfielder that he was a decade ago when he won that Brownlow. That's not his stick anymore. Like we've got Prestier, we've got Dow now, we've got Graham to do that bash and crash type inside midfield work. It's his defensive work that he's he's sacrificed the offensive game for. It's those little one percenters, those, those check, see ball, get ball, you know, crash the crash the contest, bash in, get it out, knock it out, do what you need to do to, to half the contest or even win it, you know. It's that that he's really sacrificed those goals or, you know, the cheap one-two handballs that he used to get off half-back, that sort of thing where he used to stat pad. It's his defensive contest now. That's He's played since probably 2016 that sacrificing his own game for team success it shows why he's so well lauded at the club for his leadership qualities like he's sacrificing his own personal stats in his game for, for the for the team and it's showing
0: yeah it's super if he does that you know week in week out i, yeah. I think he's gonna have a rest soon at some point yeah. depending on if we've still got the coverage available but yeah, that was special. And not often will I swear in a tweet, but oh, I did for that one because I think it deserved yeah. it. That was just unbelievable. And,
2: like, how good how good was Bolter in that passage of play, running away from Bailey Smith? Like, you see Smith just trying as hard just as he could. And Bolt, Bolter's just getting further and further away. You just see Smith mention, in the he, background just drop the head. And like. he,
0: and he didn't miss kick it either. Like, he still no. hit it cleanly. He didn't spray
2: that was, it. Um, that was a laser of a pass, too. Yeah, he's a, freak. He's, a freak. he's coming yeah. into
0: his so I'll ask a question about him later. Um, Tiggs, Dan Rioli, a lot of love for Dan in the chat. And he, he's someone that is much maligned, and a lot of people weren't sure about his move to the back line. But I think the last couple of games, he's really kind of shown why we saw yeah.
1: in him what, what we do. Look, I'm stoked for Dan. Like, I, I was really critical with him last year because even though people said, oh, he had good games, they were really soft possession games. Because in you know, the back, if you're a halfback flanker, you get the ball, right? Um, And this year, particularly round one, I was still, you know, oh, I've got my doubts about him in the halfback flanker because of his, I didn't think he had mumble in him. I didn't think he had, you know, second, third, fourth possession, you know, hunting the ball, you know, that defensive mindset. And I have to say, playing with Broad, maybe Tarrant's had an influence with him. He had his best game for the club. He attacked every contest, but in a smart way. There was a position on TV. They did a replay to show another player's goal, and I actually looked at Rioli behind the play, and you could see him. He was running to get into space, and when he realised that he's not being used, he stopped. He turned around, looked at the back half, and then ran back to the back line. That shows me that he's starting to learn now is... Okay, this is where I need to be. This is where I need to hold the line. And I loved his contest work. He would just hit in and continually press and press and press till he got that turnover, then feed others. Um, now he did really, really well. Um, and I hope it's clicked for him. I think it has because he's got the tools to make it. He's got that lightning speed. Um, he's got the ability to get out of packs. And if he can start now forming that second, third in the chain, like Basher used to do, Consistently, that's what he's missing, but he's building towards it. But, yeah, know, I was stoked for him. Really happy for him.
0: He's gone to another level, which I love. Um, and speaking about the fellow backmen, I don't know – I know people love Hugo Ralf-Smith-Grock. I'm not sure if people actually noticed how well he played uh, unless you were there because he he wore Cody Wayman like a glove who is, you know, gets on the scoreboard quite a bit. He's a bit of a spark live wife for the doggies up forward. The closing speed that Ralph Smith had and to get a defensive spoil in on multiple occasions to a Waitman, who's quick on a lead to a good pass, was phenomenal. He, he was outstanding. Um, didn't get big numbers, but I'm really loving Hugo.
2: Absolutely. I, I think the last two or three games, he's probably been our best player up until quarter time with Pickett. I think those two especially in the first quarters, have, have really set the tone. But Hugo was one of these players where I thought last year he was stiff to be dropped when he was the first time, um, especially after a two, two-goal game, I think, against Port Adelaide. Um, I, I, I think I was of the opinion, and I'll own up to this, that we, we were better off with uh, Hugo in the side than Pickett uh, based on last year's sort of form I think I don't think Pickett's form last year was was all that great and I thought with his age and Hugo showing signs that maybe we'd we'd have Hugo come in for Pickett but I think those two have really complemented each other Pickett with the more defensive acts and then going forward where where Hugo's been that real like take it on and then sort of defense second but yeah he absolutely tailed Waitman and it's I think I think Waitman has been a little bit overrated um and I say that because without the free kicks that he gets that he plays for, um he, he doesn't really do much. And I think I'm not sure if he's kicked a genuine goal in his career. Yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah. Like he's he's ineffective unless he gets looked after by, by the umpires and yeah, he's still only young, but it's one of those he's one of those players that I, I think is starting to make a name for himself and it's not the good kind of name and yeah but when you start getting that stigma attached to it i think he's going to be hard pressed to to sort of move move past that but to, to hugo absolutely and like seeing that that mullet in full flight as he's running <laughs> down the wing taking bounces it's just glorious like it's insane and i, I think we're in, we're in good hands with with rioli and hugo off our back i think they're going to set us yeah. up for the next four um- or five years
0: this, this comment does have some merit to it with his disposal sometimes a bit off, but that's okay. That's a learning thing. He'll, he'll get yeah. better at that. I would rather him take the game on at full speed and butcher the kick than play conservative and turn it over. But yeah, he's bloody exciting, Hugo. Uh,
1: Can I just talk about one player? I know that's not on your list. And then, Is it Miller? No. No. Okay. Even though Miller pansies, pansied their number one pick, absolutely pantsed him, Jamara. But now I want to talk about Nick the tank, that right? go for it. Yeah, you yeah, go. Then, curve to me, it was a funny moment. And I laughed my ass off. And, um, when you know, when English did that superb goal, ran off neck, then we got sucked into the contest.
2: <laughs> That's um, so, um,
1: English managed to get, get used on the outside and then beat him for pace. And he ran in to give the goal. As the camera zoomed in on him, I tweeted, You check the timestamp. I tweeted, oh, shit, I said, oh, Nank's angry. I could yeah. tell he was yes, right? How bloody dare you? And then when he went up for that centre clearance, and not only did he clean out English, <laughs> he saw that midfielder to the left of him put out and close-hanged him. Yeah. Now, and yes, he gave away a free kick, but why that's so important, why that's so important, why he is, um, a, he, that type of aggression is Richmond aggression, right? Yeah. We can free – that's a nothing free kick. We've got, we we can defend that. But it just said, no, I'm not going to let you. I want you to know that to play me, I'm going to hurt you if you beat me. You're going to have to really beat me. And that's the lesson that our younger kids hope they embrace, that if you play, if you play me and you might be better skilled and you might be, you know, play, you know, 50 games or 100 games on me, that I'm going to make you earn this game. Yeah. And that for me was – Probably yaks at the start of all this. What's the difference? That was the difference for me. That I call is the Nank effect. We're starting to get obviously we, when we get the troops on, we've got the talent. But if we can get that mongrel in that side that he has that he shows, the guys will follow it. And I loved it. I, I that and, passage, oh, mate, that that yeah. that was great. That was
2: great. Yeah, and I, I think that's where we've with the co captains, you sort of got where we come from with Koch. With, he's had that sort of calm presence, but he could also fire up and get really, you know, aggressive. I think with the co-captains, we've sort of split it. So you've got the calm collected grimes of, and then you've got that, that aggressive Cochin in. He really set, he sets yeah. that, that tone, that, that behavior. This is what we stand for. This is, this is what we're doing boys. Like just, he, he really cracks in. And I think, I think the co-captain choice is probably a good idea with those two. A good call on Nank. Yeah, that was that was a funny
0: just yeah. passage of play. Just he was real pissed. That's a good call, Tiggs.
1: Yeah. Oh, and some of his hits, you know, like I yeah. see until the game they got drawn out, but when he smacked oh. him into the and knocked him on his ass. And then yeah. some of his tackles at the game, it's like, you know what? If Ogman's not gonna get there, I'm just gonna just spear tackle. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just love it. I just love it.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. This is a good call. Viking Nank. Yeah, I like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll go through a couple more players. Uh, Grock Bolton. Now, that, that goalie kid, 20 disposals, five clearances, two goals. And you would have to argue goal of the year. Now, I was in a perfect spot to watch that goal in. And I let out a bit of a shriek when I saw it was on target. I didn't know what to do. It was just... Shades of you don't want to compare him and Dusty because they're two different plays in their own right, but the way he read the handball incoming stole yeah. into nail it on the left of the drop punt was just unbelievable.
2: That that was insane. And Polton's had a had a couple of good weeks where he started really, really well and impact and then faded out. And I think that's probably because he's had to play a lot up up the ground. Um, especially with Dusty and and Prestia out. But with Prestia back, we've sort of seen the Bolton of the first half of last year where he's really running the game out. He's able to impact sort of as Dusty would. When we need it, Bolton's the one that's impacting in Dusty's absence. And that goal was just something special. They were, they were talking about it on the, on the coverage and they were, they were comparing it to Ed Langdon's. And I'm not sure who it was, maybe Jonathan Brown or Nathan Buckley said that they rated that better than Langdon's because of the reactions to it. Um, Langdon looked shocked that it went through, whereas Bolton, you could just tell he, he knew what he was, what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. As soon as he hit that, he knew like that that was going through. And like I, I don't think I've seen a player hit a ball as sweetly from that pocket since. Um, yeah, probably Dusty from that angle, or even Patrick Bowden in 2006 with that banana. I guess that was ball ball. Ball. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I don't think I've seen a player hit the, the ball di- as sweetly. The from difference the with those ones
0: though is Dusty and Paddy Bowden both snapped there. <laughs> yeah, this was, was a run. swing. Yeah, and it's <laughs> away from.
2: Yeah, but Dusty's going into form yeah. in the
1: uh, in the. Yeah, that was a good too. Yeah. On the other the side, very, very sharp. The difference between him and Langdon, shy um, with Shane. Shay. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> Shea and uh, Martin, it's both of those amazing kicks. They meant it. Yeah. it, just yeah. looped it. That's the key yeah. difference.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good call. Uh, Last couple. I haven't got any stats down here, Tiggs, but Jack Rewell, what did you make of his return? And I've never seen a worse kick torpedo in my life <laughs> that somehow made the distance. And when shit like that goes in, you know you're having a good day. But... The larger question for you, Tiggs the Lynch, Rewalt, and Bolter yeah. scenario, how do you see it playing out? I was very yeah. interested personally to see that Rewalt started on the bench and yeah. Bolter and Lynch went forward. And it felt like that when Rewalt and Lynch were on, up forward was when Bolter was in ruck. So I, I feel like yeah. that might be the way we're going to manage it. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah,
1: yeah. What I think we learned. Um, we learnt uh, on Saturday night is Soldo, that two-ruck combo, will only come out if it's like playing a team like Melbourne that plays with two dominant rucks. If a team doesn't play with two dominant rucks, Soldo, unfortunately, will be in the VFL, while Jack's on the list. And I say it this way, the way our coach is a, is a master, the way he used the three of them. Um, see, because when we go this tempo, slow, football, safe football, if you notice, our tools play really high. Like they literally play to be that leading mark and target. But they'll keep, if they can, Jack at the end because he's smart. He's very hard to man one-on-one. And then they rotate that through. So it creates a, the defenders go, oh, shit, I've got Jack. Now I've, now I've got Bolter. Now I've got Lynch. So um, it showed to me that with Jack in the side, you can't play solo. And then Curvis. if you're playing the side, that's only using the one ruck, right, and a hybrid. You've got to – But, yeah, look, people knocking Jack saying, oh, he should have retired after that round one When People forget he broke his thumb first minute, second minute of the first quarter. He's a crafty player. It forces – he's got that respect with the opposition. That means they've got to put a defender on him. They can't just let him run up and down. I love the fact that we used Jack in the ruck, right, just let him play in the ruck, free him up. And when we did that, you know, we had Bolter um, uh, and um, Lynch – and it really split uh, their defenders because they they're really really smart and moving away from each other. And then this turn was Lynch's. He started getting the grey before it. Next week it'll be probably Bolter, and the week after that was um, was Rewalton. The main thing for me, I always said, if we're going to have Lynch, and Bolter, Rewalt's the one I want playing at the fifty arc, up, up high. And he proved it. You know, you know, he's smart. He, he, he's great hands, and he kept on getting those marks at the end of the quarter. You know, he kept, he was a great center forward. He's just a crafty footballer. So it works. It just, I think it's going to kill off solo um, being played, like I said, if we don't play a team with two ruts. Yeah. Just think Chad, rock on
2: that? On that? Uh, just on Jack, I was just um, going to raise obviously, you mentioned having Jack push up to the 50. What are you guys' thoughts on this thought of pushing Jack up into the Richo role? Um, that's been spouted in the media a few times and yeah. I've, I've seen yes and no from several people. Just what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm a no because McIntosh plays it so well and, and as does Pickett on the other side, I think we'd actually be hindering our game and the way we need the game to be played with their pace on the outside and the way they control the ground. I think when we did it for Richo, we're at a point in time where we weren't, we weren't really that good of a side if we're being brutally honest and it was just a way to, develop our next forward. And I get we need to kind of deal with Bolter too. Um He just doesn't have the toe to do it, I don't think.
1: Yeah. yeah I'm agreeing to that. Also, Riewoldt, so such a high footy IQ. You want that in your forward 50. You want that deep in your forward 50 because he creates turnovers. He brings the ball to ground. Like Bolton's um, goal was in part because of rewold. He split the pack and went to mark. And he should have got a head-high free kick. Fulfilled how by that and call it. Um, now for me, if we're going to do a rich show, the, the one the one player that will do it will be Bolter, yeah. Like for me, I'd yeah. love to see him in a ring wing and have a run, right? He's yeah. faster than most midfielders and he plays that high target. So, no, rewalt deep for me,
2: yeah. That's that's how I feel. I think the, the only positive I see for it is Jack's field kicking is elite, like hitting a player yeah. on the run, but that richo and jack are two two different players like richo was an athletic freak like he could do that at 33 34 years old jack can't like he's he wasn't the most athletic player besides his vertical leap even when he was 21 22 years old he wasn't quick or or anything like that or agile he was very crafty and and read the play well that was his strength so I, i don't think he'll be as effective up the ground I think he's better off staying home and pushing either yeah. Lynch or, or Bolter up.
0: Yeah, most definitely.
2: Okay,
1: um, yeah, let's give, let's give just quick some love to Pickett and Parker, right, before we... Should, it's it's before those, it's
0: even, I've left Baker off. Like, you could honestly go through the whole yeah, team for an
1: hour a But those two guys I want to highlight because what I love about Pickett is aggression is he, different from Mecca, who's more defensive, running, endurance... Pickett is, I'll, get, I'll hurt you to get the ball, I'll get the ball and I will hurt you with my disposal. His disposal's gone an extra level and Parker is playing like a bloke. He wants to stay in the 22. Yeah. His pressure acts. his ability to play defensive, sacrificing football, for me, yeah, he's a lock in the side. Someone's going to have to force him out. Now, credit to do those lads. They, they, they deserve it. They deserve what they're getting at the moment.
0: And Brody as well. Basically, the whole lot of them played exceptional yeah. games. Uh, before we move on, we've got to get our three, two, one votes. I'll give you CB's just quickly. So he did text me through. He gave three to Prestia, two to Bolton, and one to Pickett. Uh, Grock, what have what have you got in the way of votes? And people listening as well, make sure you send through your three, two, one votes, and we'll pop a few up on the screen.
2: Yeah. So I I found this particularly difficult because, as you said, there were probably six or seven that you could give votes to, but um, having watched the game again on on Sunday, I'm going to give uh, Prestia the three, I'm going to give Bolton the two, and as much as I love Pickett, I'm going to give the one to Rioli. I think his drive-off half-back and his defensive efforts, I think, should be recognised. For someone who's been a whipping boy on the board for so long now, like that was one of his better games, and I think that should get recognised.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Good call. I like it. Uh, Tiggs, who are you going for your 3-2-1? and
1: one? I'll start with one first. That was the hardest one for me. One. Rikers, right? Rioli, Pickett, Parker. There was so many. It was, Baker it was such an even thing. But I decided, you know what, I want to go Nick because he's around the ground contest work. He's, he scored a goal um, after English did. He just set the standard for the whole entire game. Um, if, if I can say it, he played a cotchen-type game. Whereas, all right, boys, this is how I'm going to play. You play my way. And, the, you know, and we follow them. So, one, again, I was like most others. I put Bolton as two. Um, he was just mercurial. It was harsh for him not getting three. With my third one, it was a toss-up between Lynch and Prestia for me because Lynch got the goals and he, and he played a really strong forward game and I really wanted to reward his accuracy. But, not Prestia for me, some of his – he would drive our engine room. Some of those touches, he he he, um, yeah. He just drive us and he gave us a maturity to our midfield that's been lacking. Um, yeah. So now nah, Prestia is my third. Yep.
0: Very good. I I went three Prestia. You can't you can't deny the impact he had on that team coming back in. Uh, two Bolton because uh, he was just everywhere and uh, his clearance work again very good. And I went one for Hugo Ralph Smith, and quite a few players could have gotten this one vote. But I thought for a player so young, I would have picked anyone from our back line deserved a vote, to be honest, because I thought they were outstanding. Um, But just I really loved Ralph Smith's work rate, his closing speed. his one percenters that probably didn't get seen a lot on TV, but I probably had a new appreciation for him seeing him live and how hard he works. Same as Gibkes. He was another one that could have got a vote. The the composure and the way he goes about his football, he's a very, very mature kid. Um, and we're very lucky to have picked him up yeah. when we did.
2: Yeah. Considering the knock was his kicking, like he's kicking out of the back line. He's kicking 55, 60 metre lasers, hitting people on the chest on the run. Like, Yeah. How, how are you gonna... always spin yeah. the right
0: way, but uh, he's hitting but, targets. Yeah. Yeah. And he's taking the balls he kicks too. Like he's not, playing it safe all the time
2: no yeah he's fighting he's <laughs> the bullet
0: um before we go on to the vfl did have to uh, put up that the young fella got the uh ball from yeah. the game um shout out to robbie tarrant for handing him the ball in the crowd and to the teenage guys next to us who was telling to, saying to give it to liam which was lovely of him did have to laugh when i looked at the ball but like, this doesn't look right there's something off about this so gibgis has signed it and that was all good. And I looked at Robbie Tarrant, and he has um, signed it with number 25, which is what he wore at North Melbourne for his career. <laughs> of six. So he's just got an autopilot mode for however long he was at North and just gone, Robbie Tarrant, 25. But he is a huge man, Robbie Tarrant. He is giant and yeah. so uh, It's no wonder people find it hard to, um, to out-position him. But it's good to see that kind of fan interaction
2: back. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. All Before right, we- so we'll- Before we move on, can I just give a clip to the media for a sec? Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, there's two clips. Firstly, um, to Nathan Jones on three-quarter time. I'm not sure if you guys – you guys were at the game. I'm not sure if you heard it. But Nathan Jones at three-quarter time when the doggies kicked the last goal of the quarter ended up saying hopefully that's the momentum starter for the dogs. Hopefully they can go on from here. And it's like impartiality in a – in a commentary role should be mandatory and that comment I'm not sure what it was just rubbed me the wrong way and I know there were quite a few people on the board who 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 saw that as well and were up in arms about that comment like it's you know h- hide your feelings I mean I know yeah. a lot of commentators get away with it but still it was just a poor poor throwaway line that just didn't look good and the second one is all the drama with Jamara Uglehagen last year not playing. I think all the the media circus about that. I think these two three rounds have shown that he's clearly not ready. And the push I, that the I push of the media on the final to
0: message that was uh, sent to a Bulldog friend of ours. Keep going. I'll I'll take yeah. on to this in a second as we very fun. Yeah,
2: like the the media push to have him play is, and these are young players. And obviously he's he's a key forward, so he's going to take a little bit of time to come on. But still, you can tell that he's clearly not ready. I mean, Miller played his third third game for us and absolutely towelled him up. And given that he's been with us now five years, granted, but still, a third game absolutely towelling up a number one draft pick who everyone was claiming should be playing week in week out. He he clearly is not ready, and they're going to destroy his confidence if they keep you know playing him like that. Like he's just going to get destroyed. Uh, it,
1: uh, I disagree with Richard. Just a defended great man. He goes too far the other way, of knocking us off yeah. um, more often than not. But no, Nathan Jones, he hates the Tigers. He's fully admitted that he hates the Tigers. This is prior to doing this commentary role. Every game he's commented on, he critiques our free kicks, believe it or not. He hear him, oh, that's not really a free kick. How did the Tigers get that? Oh, they're lucky to get this. And he ignores a free kick for and against. He just. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he's just a... Yeah, he's that could have been, would have been... Um, You know, look, call me shallow, but he hasn't got a flag and I'm stoked about it. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, my my mate sent this in a group chat to a Western Bulldog supporter after the game. At this rate, Tambling is going to have a better career than you, Hagen. Have you ever seen a worse number one pick? Because they got uh, <laughs> well, quite hard. a reaction from us in the, tra- in the chat. That was very good. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, to this, truly <laughs> no... Tarrant didn't appreciate my signature or my offer to give him a signature. I was waiting outside gate three for everyone, but no one wanted to, no one wanted an autograph. That's all right. Okay. The uh, VFL, I don't have many stats on it, if I'm being honest, but Richmond 14, 11, 95 defeated Footscray 10, 10, 70. It was a bit of an arm wrestle from the score updates I was looking at anyway. Um, The highlight, I suppose, firstly, is Kane Lambert playing two quarters and got through unscathed in managed minutes and will hopefully. I'm assuming going to play another couple of quarters this week and so on. But Judson Clark kicked, um, snuck up with four goals, lightning quick. I know we'd like to look of him early on, Grok. And Arts, Cumberland, Collier Dawkins, Rioli, Brian and Stack all got some goals as well. But Judson Clark, four goals, pretty special.
2: Yeah, he is just a speed demon in the forward line like he's so quick and he's probably got the best goal sense of any forward that i've seen since nathan brown at the club like he just knows where they are just so creative and like roving the packs crumbing off a contest even like he burnt two or three players off in one passage as well he was just brilliant and two goals in the last quarter, um, as well, just shows that he's he's still he's got a tank for a young player as well. But yeah, yeah he was absolutely brilliant. He was and
0: fantastic. It, re- it read like that the goals he were kicking were kind of in clutch moments where we needed something yeah. as well, Tiggs, which is uh, another good quality that he's he's embracing the pressure.
1: Yeah, I, I watched the full game of that, um, that was on the streaming service, and I have to say it – um. He's one of those. He's one of those. He'll get his consistency in his game because in the first and second quarter, we're getting dominated, he was sort of trying to create pressure but couldn't create any goals. But but something clicks with him and then he starts to motor on. Um, but yeah, he, it's probably how big he is. He looks solid for a young lad. Like he he looks to me like he's going to shape up. He's going to build up. I I wouldn't be surprised if we sort of get him in a hybrid as a midfielder forward. Because he's got midfield traits, so why he can go from zero to 2,000 kilometres an hour is amazing. It is scary how good he does it. Um, and he still keeps his awareness on it. Look, for me, Lambert needs another VFL, for four minutes in the VFL. He was rusty as all hell. Really didn't offer too much other than, you know, experience. And I reckon with him playing in a side is the reason why we got back into the game, just his coaching on the field. What really excited me um, watching that game, it showed me that Rioli's starting to get into the – Becoming an AFL, he showed AFL traits. It's probably the first time I really started to notice outside of his tackling. But you know, they—they he was all over the ground and he was disciplined in how he went to go and where not to use his energy. Um, I really liked. uh, I really um, was pleased with um, you know the the, the kids we just recruited in Brown and in Banks, particular too the way maybe because they're new and I I focus onto them. Sonzy is an AFL player. Yeah. RCD got into the game off the back of Sonzi and the other mids there, um, some of the VFL mids, which unfortunately I don't know their names off the top of my head. But RCD for me is still still a little bit of a concern. Um, He shouldn't be just phasing in and out of contests. Um, He should be more consistent with the experiences and the the training blocks he's had. But Sonzi hasn't had that benefit of training blocks. He's had no VFL for two years, and he's already showing he can run out games, he knows where to run. He knows when he needs to bullock, and what was really pleasing—they always played in defensive side. You always play your good midfielders at the behind the ruckman. Your ruckman behind him, right? Because it's to stop the opposition midfielders streaming into space. You have your best midfielder there to be able to contain or turn the ball over. And um, yeah, he's a player, mate. I've seen a lot of mm-hmm. midfielders. He's a player
2: for um, one.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm excited by him. I don't know yeah. about you, lads, but yeah, he's the one, one that
2: really I, Yeah. The one trait that really stands out for me with Sonzi is his composure in traffic and his yeah. ability to find space. Like, I know people say it a lot, but his ability to to find space in congestion is very pendles-like. He's just got those short steps in traffic that he can weave in and out. And at, for, for a midfielder, that's an extremely important trait to have, like, especially as an accumulator to be able to find space in congestion. And his kicking is, is fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But you know him, I agree, I agree you know with
1: you. With not, other than Pendles, he's got Matthew Knight's traits. Remember yeah. Matthew Knights in his prime? Beautiful kick under pressure, able to hold – because Sonsi's a big lad. He's hard to tackle. But he, but also Knight's had that ability to sidestep and create your own time in a contest. He has that, Sonsi. Obviously, the different-looking bodies and – all that, but he reminds me, we might have the next Matthew Knights and if we do, I'll be stoked.
2: Yeah, and Rioli, like, as you mentioned, he it's obvious that he's built his tank. He's now playing extended midfield minutes. And yeah. I, I, I reckon he's probably going to be the, the replacement for Titch as that, that midfielder forward hybrid for us, if he can continue to build, build his tank. I think that creative midfielder who runs, chases, can go forward, hit the score, but I think he's probably going to be the replacement. But I think that was um, MJ's best game at VFL level for me as well. No,
0: it's really good to hear, and it's nice to, to be able to watch those games on the stream service TIGS. And you know, when you've got a bunch of young kids coming through that are yeah. showing some promise, it, it keeps the guys in the twenty-two hot on you know on alert. You can't slack off and have a shit one because you'll be replaced. All right, well, uh, we'll take a look at the upcoming game versus the Crows. So, Adelaide lost on the weekend by four points to Essendon. So, they're sitting 12th on the ladder and we are 10th. Um, so, they'll be keen to get their season back on track in front of their home crowd. Um, <clears throat> look, if you want to ask the bloke on Twitter that's trying to have a crack at me, we, we may as well not show up. It's it's over. It's done. It's, uh, we know a bit better than that. So, Grok, where's this game against the Crows going to be won or lost? It's a, it's a big one. You know, every, every game, this, this could be the one that might see you slide into the eight and really kickstart the year.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be, be an interesting game. Obviously, our form besides this game hasn't been great. I mean, the, the GWS game, like, you could say, yeah, we played well, but also in that game, Royce are absolute shit. So I, I didn't take much out of that GWS win. I think the the game on Saturday was the most I've taken out of a game this year, positive-wise. Um, and, yeah, the, the Crows have been in decent form this year. They haven't gotten the results, but they've been super competitive, which is what um, Matty Nix has been asking for from the Crows. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, obviously, the Crows are very much like us. They like to reload off halfback. Um, so I think our, our half forwards, our, our defensive forwards, in and George and... and um, you know Bolton I think they're going to have to play a massive game um shutting down their running half backs but it's going to be interesting with with Tex coming back in um how that goes I think obviously Tarrant takes him um that's the type of player that Tarrant usually plays on that big strong four. but I, I think the midfield is going to be where where it's won again um with obviously with us the crows don't really have a great midfield outside of Rory Sloan. Um, and Matt Crouch, and they're the two that I think we need to really put work into. If we do that, we'll, we'll probably win, I game. I don't
0: one know if one. Adelaide people are just a little bit pissy or not, but all the reading I've been doing, they're, they're asking for Sloan to be dropped, Crouch to be dropped. I don't know whether these guys are badly out of form or what the go is, Tiggs, but
1: I thought Sloan was hindered. I thought Sloan he, was injured. He,
0: he came back for this game. He was, he was yeah. re-included for the game against Essendon.
1: Okay. Yeah. Look, a couple of things. One, Grock, I do disagree with you. We've been in. We're one of the form sides of the comp. If you take out two quarters, we've. I think we've won twelve or thirteen quarters out of the sixteen that we've played. I think puts us equal fourth in relation to quarters one. Um, so we actually haven't been that. It's always. It's yeah. But we've. You know, when we've dropped the ball, we dropped the ball badly. But yeah. Uh, I thought I. I my personal opinion, i lend that more to lack of personnel than what we had. Um, but back on the game, yeah. Look, Adelaide, for me, yeah, they tried. They they play launch off back half. Like I agree with you, Grok. But what they do, what we don't do, they turn the ball over frightfully against Essendon. Because Essendon, for me, are, are a bottom bottom eight, well, twelve to eighteenth type of side. I I, didn't, I don't buy into Essendon's height. They couldn't effectively. They couldn't effectively punish them on the turnover. We reason i was so bullish about us with the dogs is that if you are going to turn it over with us, we have got the, the weapons to punish you, and punish you quickly. Um, so I see us. <coughs> their midfield is fairly pedestrian now. They're trying to inject youth. They've got some really good quality young kids, particularly that they drafted this year. Um, they've got their forward line outside of Tex. For me, is. That's where we're going to get, and our back line should smother their forward line, and our forward they're a big, line. They're a big forward
0: line things, aren't they? They're, they're pretty big. They have got Walker. That is it, Rochelle, and yeah. Himmelberg. They're all big units. And that, yeah, that's but kind but of a worry. Grimes isn't back. Is that going yeah. to be? Are we going to be stretched?
1: But the thing is with me is like for example with Himmelberg, he you know if we read the Adelaide board and here I've got a couple of Adelaide mates. They fucking don't rate him. They haven't rated him. Yeah, he's had one cracking game against Port. But other than that, he's, he's really he's, – he's, he's their CCJ. One effort, that's enough. Every contest is just one effort, that's enough. Um, and then you've got – yeah, you've got Lynch. You put Tarrant on Lynch. Um, who else, I reckon you put Broad on him. Yeah, he's got to get him on height. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we'll just continually run off him, run off him, run off him. See, the thing is, is that if they get easy supply, yeah, because it's height – but we will make it messy ball for them, and we will get them as we will race it out of that forward line. But Raquelie is scary. Um, that's the one I was referring to, however you pronounce his name. That young kid, for me, screams a great elite, half-forward talent. But on the other flip side, who have they got to go against Bolter? Who have they got to go against Lynch? And who have they got to go against um, reroll all at the same time? If we can get supply in there, their defence is pedestrian. Um, in my opinion, particularly on the turnover. Um, and that's because yeah. you have got young kids in there as well, you know. Um, yeah, I I see it as a danger game. If they're switched on and we're, we're off 10%, like any side, you will get beat. But um, I reckon, yeah, I'm pretty bullish that we'll win this game and win it well because I hearken back to the last time we played them. during remember the last time we played them? They were in form. They just had two wins or three wins in a row we were beat, fairly beaten up with injuries and we smacked them.
2: Yeah. So yeah. The one thing that really worries me with the crows though is they do turn the ball over a lot, but a lot of it is trying to get the ball into the corridor off half back. They take yeah. that forty five degree kick, which we don't do and we've struggled to defend. Um Colton did it. St Kilda did it last the week. Really did it a lot. They were yeah. going they had people lining up everywhere. And I'm like looking at it like, holy shit, if they
0: nail yeah. these, we are in a world of hurt.
2: Yeah, and that's the way that the Crows play too is that they take the, the kick to half back near the pocket from fullback and then they switch back into the corridor. And if
1: they can get that up
2: and going, I reckon they, they're, they're a chance of really tearing us apart.
1: Yeah, but just on that, on Colchin, they, they, look, let's be honest, they fucking won the game because of 850s. Yeah. That's why they won the game. And then they got like a record run of fucking free kicks in the last quarter. We could not apply pressure. Ditto, we go against, yeah, with the Bulldogs, we've shown we can defend it. We 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 manned up every time they went into that lethal quar- corridor. Quick, we had someone ready to intercept or close space
0: Not early on, we didn't though. Early on, yeah, that would mark their way down the ground. We were too far yeah. back. Massive yeah, first five minutes lines, of yeah. the game.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. But then we've got the best coach and in just the AFL. Just- that could change us mid game, so mid quarter yeah. even. Um, yeah, no, I'm not too worried.
2: It was even evident the first seven or eight minutes of the third quarter after halftime, where that the dogs were getting that game up and running again after halftime, where it looked like we'd switched off a little bit as well. So. Yeah, I'm
0: glad they readjusted. Um, O'Brien in the ruck for the Crows, Grok. He's, um, he's another one that the Crow supporters are saying should be dropped, which I find. I mean, granted, I haven't watched their games this year, so I'll take their word. But I, I think he's one of the better rucks in the comp. Maybe he's just low on confidence. But I feel like, as much as I love Nank, uh, I think O'Brien's probably going to do him for pure tap work which can signal some alarm bells in terms of getting easy clearances. How how are we going to stop that? Because we don't want to give him easy 450 entry.
2: Yeah, I mean, O'Brien's very similar to Nankin, that he's a very physical Ruckman, but he's also got mobility. And it's the height difference, I think, that's probably going to worry Nankin in contest i think o'brien's 204 or 205 centimeters whereas nanks 199 or 200 he's not the tallest ruckman going around but i think nanks just got to keep cracking in just just keep putting physical pressure on o'brien just keep making contact keep knocking him like put him on his ass every contest just make him think twice about going up or or cracking in and I think that's that's next game to a tease, bullying the opposition ruckman. He wants to hurt them every, every ruck contest. And I think if he can get that with with um, O'Brien, whose confidence does look like it's down, um, I think that's probably going to have O'Brien sort of withdraw a little bit. And if that can happen, I think we'll, we'll get on top.
0: And what about this yo-yo football, Tiggs? We've seen a bit of a pattern of one week up, one week down. Is it... You can probably put it down to the personnel, like you kind of said. We, You know, they're going to be sort of hot and cold, you've got to take the good with the bad. But how do we shrink together two good weeks in a row?
1: Yeah. Look, again, for me, it's just feeding on the the narrative that people like to perpetuate about us. Um, You know, we have been actually really consistent. We've won more quarters by a large margin than what we've lost. Yes, we've had horrendous. That third quarter, that last five minutes of the third quarter and the fourth quarter against the Saints was, for me, the worst um, football we've played all year, right? But we're not the only side that have had a fucking horrendous first quarter, but for us, it cost us the game. Prior to that, we dominated them in in, in everything, but we did that without most of our good players in the side and we lost. People aren't necessarily, look at Carlton, informed team. They lose Crips in a game. They crumble. We lost grinds in a game and then 10 minutes later, because it, you lose your structure at it's hard. and we don't have the the elite talent to compensate for it. Now we're starting to get them back. Um, so I just think if we play, what will stop us going up and down? We don't yo-yo. If we play our system and our method, the Richmond way, we would have a stable performance. I've got no doubt about it. Does it mean automatically a win? No, but we'll be as super competitive all the way Across the game, so I'm not too worried about it. We're not a Port Adelaide. We oh, don't play God. games on
0: emotion. We play it on system. And what about the ins and outs this week? I know I did have this part at the top, and I probably should have done it at the top. But uh, yeah. Grok, who who are the ins and outs? A lot of people in chat are putting in that Floston could be ready. Uh, I'm not sure if Grimes is ready. If he's was awareness or if it was a tear, I, I feel like we'd err on the side of caution either way. But um, who's coming in this week, if any at all?
2: Yeah, um, I believe Dimmer said in his press conference that Vlosten's definitely back this week. Um, well, he's so, traded once. Yeah, him yeah. Um, so I think if that's the case, I think Vlosten in. It's just who comes out. I think the the first one's probably Miller. And as much as I hate to say that, because of how good he played, I think. It's between Miller and Gibkiss, and I think we're better off getting games into Gibkiss now as opposed to Miller because Miller's already got that season body. I think we're better off fast-tracking Gibkiss and knowing that we've got Miller in the wings if we need to because he's shown already he can come in and, and be solid. Um, <laughs> um, I just saw that comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I think floston in lambert i don't think will come in i i agree with tiggs in that he needs probably another week um grimes i wouldn't risk personally um i was surprised when geelong risked jeremy cameron i think the risks don't i, ris- I think the risks outweigh the benefits because you're going to turn a potential you know one week recovery um with the with the cautious approach that for an eight nine week hamstring and i, I don't think that, I think that would be catastrophic if that happens, if Grimes is out for half the season, if we rushed him back too early. So I think we're, we're best or are on the side of caution with that one. Um, but, yeah, I think that's probably the only change that I would make would be Vlosten in for, for Miller if Vlosten is going to come straight in.
0: He's ready to go. All right, Tiggs, who would you put yeah, in?
1: I, I disagree in the sense that for me, I'd leave it, Basically, no change, but no, I'll leave everything. The team has his but one change. Now, people are going to hate on me for this, but at the end of the day, I've seen enough. Now, I'll uh, replace Titch. I'll put him in the VFL. Edwards, he needs to regain confidence. He needs to show – a, he's a playmaker. We play him in that playmaker or half forward. He's not scoring goals, and he's not getting clearances like he used to. He's not, he's not getting his hand in, so he needs to get that confidence back without any pressure. Um, so I'll put I'll take Titch out and then what I will do with Loston, because he's such a good leader and he's a strong body. I'd go, you know what? I'm going to put play Vlastin for this game in particular as a midfielder. Um, that's why I would look at he will give us another elite body in that in that uh, midfield space, but as a defensive midfielder, so he can run back if we need to It'll allow us to, you know, because I, I think with their tall forward line, you need Gibcus. You've got to need Miller who's big, he'll go on Himmelberg, he's a bigger body, and Himmelberg's not that that fast, and so Millwall can contain him, and he's um, not as tall, but he's strength-wise, he won't be beaten. Gibkiss on the next tallish forward, um, and then you've got Tarrant on their big boy, Tex. For me, that just makes sense. You don't take a tall, replace him with a small-medium in the back half, because we've got broad, we've got, we've got um, Rioli, we've got short as our sweepers, um, so yeah, I say, leave it as it is. If we want to give lost in some match conditioning, this is the type of game you'll do it. You'll get more playing against the Crows with running in his legs as, as like as a rotational midfielder, mate. I'll throw him in the forward pocket. I'll just put him in the game and just let him just say, play, mate, just have fun, get that run, get, get into the contest. So he builds that match fitness a lot quicker than playing two or three VFL games. That's what I would do. So, Miley yeah. change, lost it in Titch Edwards in a break moment to, to say it out.
2: I know that you mentioned some potential matchups there. One that I wouldn't mind seeing is Battle of the Young Guns: Gibkiss on Rochelle, because Gibkiss does have that athleticism, and he's also got that height. I think having those two go head to head, I'd be excited to see that personally.
1: I'd love, I'd love to see Rochelle on Rioli. I reckon if we're trying to get a matchup, we would love to see that. Rioli can go with him at pace, uh, keep him with pace. Rioli's disciplined, I feel, that could go with him wherever he goes and really make it bloody hard for him. Because what I can't believe I'm saying is Rioli's really starting to become really defensively minded. Yeah. I was feeling Mansell's not in the side because he's that disciplined lockdown defender. I think Rioli's keeping him out. By playing right. offensive, defensive, as it sounds stupid, it's an oxymoron, as they say, but... He's like Mansell with great offense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to see him on Riccelli. I'd love it. I'd love it.
0: Yeah, selection's going to be interesting. Um, and it's only going to get harder when more names become available. You just hope that it's not at the expense of a, a Hugo Ralph Smith or something like that, who no. have done so well. No. But, yeah, I, I can't see us taking it at all. for Dawson's not small, but in comparison. Um, just because of the Ford setup that the Crows have. So, I yeah.
2: don't know. They, they generally, they only have the two talls down there in Himmelberg and Walker. Rochelle is that sort of small, medium size. So, yeah, I, I do been... think we could. We could. And yeah. Broad, I mean, yeah.
0: Broadie can play tall. Play that, yeah, yeah.
2: Broadie, play, Broadie and... generally plays taller than what he is. So
0: If they do it, it's going to be one of those team defence games to make sure whoever is the shorter a defender on yeah. the taller four; it doesn't get exposed. If we can have team defence all the way up the park, it, it might work. But um
1: yeah. see, what uh, breaks my heart, what you killed me, will kill me. Is Miller? I heard your feedback about Miller being—you know—he can come in and come out, but his levels to a point you can bank on it. He's the perfect prime. He's done his five-year apprenticeship. He was crucial, particularly when dogs had a run on. Do you remember the first scoring shot the dogs had? Who got the fist on it on the last line? Yeah. Was Miller, he did that twice in the game. He was the last defender to get the fist and knock it across. Um, that shows me that he reads ball movement really well at pace, knowing when I've got to run on the last line of defense. He's also he's got great physical attributes, he's done his apprenticeship for me. And I don't know, people, I love Gibkus too, but for me, he deserved the right. Yeah, Gibkus is going to be a star for us, but if I had to choose between Miller and Gibkus at the moment and where they're sitting. In the scheme of things yeah, because he's got another five or six years yeah. right before we have got miller doesn't and if we don't start saying okay let's really put you under the heat let's see what you can do um we're going to lose you he'll walk to another club and get picked up like this yeah. i can tell you um and we've put on yeah so for me please don't drop miller hardwick keep him in the fucking side
2: because we don't want another ccj situation i suppose no
1: yeah
0: Oh, it's going to be interesting selection. All right, we'll, uh, we'll get some tips for this one. Grok, what's your tip and margin for this game? Uh,
2: I think it's going to be a, a pretty good game. Um, I think we'll win. I think it'll be comfortable, but I don't think it's going to be a massive... I, I reckon Richmond by 21 points.
0: 21 We'll take that. Uh, Tiggs?
1: Yeah. yeah, highly contested. We'll bust them in the third and fourth quarter. Um, we'll win by 32
0: I reckon we'll win by 17, but I'll take any four points we can get.
2: Thank <laughs> so, the points early. So
0: we just need, need two wins in a row just to really uh, get us back into shape. And there's still plenty of players to come back in. I, I feel yeah. bad saying this, but there's, there's honestly been times where I've forgotten a certain number four will return at some point. Yeah. Because there's just no news, which is good. No news about letting him do what he's got to do. Um, but there's still a bit of talent to come back into this side. So we can just keep, keep, keep knocking off some games, get a couple of wins on the board, uh, we'll be all right. So a reminder, the game is on, uh, what day is it? It's on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. Adelaide Oval. So good luck to the Tiger Faithful heading over there to, uh, to watch that game. Make sure you be nice and loud. Let's shut the crowd up nice and early. Uh, good scoreboard pressure. And hopefully we can drag another win.
2: Perfect. Absolutely.
0: All right, thank you so much, for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Short notice, mm-hmm. uh, loved your insights. Always welcome back on. And Tiggs, as always, mate, thank you for your time, uh, and thank yeah, you so. for clearing the camera space because you've eliminated the blue UV light. It's a much crisper vision. <laughs> no
1: blue light. I don't have blue light. Fuckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there live commentary? Not at this stage. Uh, I'm I'm going to actually miss probably the start of the game to be honest because I've. Out working on Saturday, but uh, we'll definitely do a live call show at some stage during the year because yeah, it's been no a, really. a big hit and it's just good just to uh, get stuck into it. But thanks so much for listening, everyone. Make sure that you subscribe to any of our channels on YouTube, uh, on iTunes, uh, Facebook, Twitter, the lot. So get right behind us um, and hopefully there'll be some new things coming in the near future. And until next time, go Tigers.
2: Go Tigers. Go Tigers.